Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you GEICO has more than just great savings. Much more. GEICO's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with GEICO, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. More power to you. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Five finger death punch went up, and apparently Manson went over. Did you know that? Oh, he did. You didn't see five finger death punch. All of a sudden, he goes, "Somebody that went up before us, not gonna mention names, <laughs> but went ten minutes over the loose set." Now, you people don't know about contract issues and and curfews and all that, but all I could tell you is I don't care what kind of lawyer he may have. My lawyer's better than his lawyer. <laughs> and we're going to do one more song, and they can't kick us off here. So, this is Mike and Alex is here. Hey, what's up? And we were supposed to, Jim was Jim went away somewhere and he landed and he was supposed to call us right now so we could do our podcast. Because uh, he hasn't been on many of the podcasts recently. <laughs> he wasn't here a couple <laughs> weeks ago. And, well, not many, just the one. But we were off for a week too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess he's gone... All week, and we didn't have one to put up this week, so we were going to have him call in, but now he just landed, and he's not going to be able to call in just yet, so maybe he'll call in later. Alex just drove over here, brought his kid in the other room, watching (laughs) Thomas, and uh, we had our Knitting Factory show yesterday. It was great. Which was the second week. You had it in... A monsoon level rain and thunderstorm. There wasn't... I guess there was the same amount of people. Yeah, I would say there was maybe 25. But it was a Monday night. I don't think it was really widely publicized. No, none of these have been. You know? So I think it was... But it was kind of nice because it was a very loose, casual feel. You know, um, it seemed that it was a great opportunity for Jim and you guys to, you know, work things out, see if things um, play well with the audience. So I I will say yesterday I spotted some uh, VIPs in the crowd. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Rob Caggiano. Right. Wait, hold on. I have a question. Is it Caggiano or Caggiano? Because I've heard it both ways. It's Caggiano. Oh, okay. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, So I saw he was in there, and then also um, Ricky Rackman. I heard Ricky Rackman was there. I did not see him. Yeah. I may have seen him from afar. He looks good. Yeah. Like, it's... Kind of like, I thought about it, it kind of blows my mind that 
Headbangers Ball I used to watch in the 90s. Right. And like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was the 90s guy. The, f- the 80s guy was, I think, Adam, guy? Adam, there was a guy, oh, Adam Curry, I think, did the original Headbangers Ball. Who was the, the kind of like a heavier set? I'm gonna. Oh, I know who that is. Uh, Matt Pinfield. Yeah, Matt Pinfield. He did it yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. I think he was after Ricky Rackman. Oh, okay. I'm pretty what is sure. What has Ricky Rackman been doing lately? I don't know. I, for some reason, I think he might do jujitsu. Really? Possibly. I don't know why I think that. But if I'm you gonna Google yeah, it right me, now. Let me Google it. If he did, you should challenge him next. Oh, time. totally. I don't know. I. Last night felt a little bit very, a little weird to me. Playing wise, it felt a little looser than the first week, but people said it sounded better. I thought it sounded great. Um, you know, like I said, it seemed like some of the kinks were being worked out. Right. Um, there's I- some new songs that we did, and when we did them, we didn't really know what to do. And also, there's a thing that we, where Jim walks on stage and says, uh, all right, I'm going to go take a dump. And then he walks out, and he says the band's going to play. We have no idea what we're going to play ever. We haven't worked anything out, because we we have never known he's going to do that. Yeah. So we should kind of have some sort of idea of what we're going to play at that moment. You should should make it like it's a fish show and just jam for 20 minutes. Yeah, but we we start, and it's not like we necessarily can hear what the guy across the stage is playing, so we we wind up just going playing. But I don't think fish does either. No, they can hear. They know what they're. They, they can hear when one guy's playing a note and they want to harmonize with them. We can't really do that because it's like I just we have to look. I have to look at the other guy's fingers to see what notes he's playing right. rather than hearing it because we don't have good enough monitoring system. Gotcha. So it would just be good. Maybe we should work out some. So that's something I never realized because you know I've never been in real rock bands. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you talk about, like, being at that level. Right. Like, I had no idea. Like, I thought, okay, so when you were playing with Scooby Groove, Mm -hmm. right, we've all heard about Scooby Groove, you guys had a lot of really good equipment because the the Dan and Mike's equipment were pretty high-end, right? Yeah. So would that still be, would that be considered... Would that have been? Was that like good? I'd always thought that okay. Well, you have really good equipment, then that means you're gonna sound good and you're gonna be able to hear each other. Yeah, no, it would mean, but it was good for it. Would we had good equipment, so the sounds that came out of our instruments were gonna be good. But we didn't necessarily, we weren't improvising, so we just rehearsed a ton. So we just knew exactly what we were gonna do when we went on stage to play. So if I couldn't hear Mike. I, if I couldn't hear the bass, I wouldn't. I'd still know what I'm supposed to do. So it was more just a matter of almost like rote memorization. Yeah, and I'd pay attention to the drums for rhythm. Oh, just make sure that's. I had to make sure I hear the drums. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, but then when we when we started kind of improvising a little bit, we started lowering down our volume for those parts. You could mm-hmm. hear what's going on. It's kind of hard to improvise like. A metal riff right because it's hard to pick up on the exact riff from across the stage it kind of all just sounds like you know right. so and we just start off with something slow but it's always a little bit of, it would just be better if we had a little 
idea, I guess, for Jim's thing. All right. So I've been the guy who, like, I spent all week learning the stuff and showed up at rehearsal, and everyone runs in and has no idea what to do, and I just go, why did I spend all this time not doing all the other things I wished I could have been doing mm-hmm. when I was learning these songs? And now we're now I'm spending an extra two hours here at the rehearsal that I shouldn't have to spend. Then I've also been the guy who's gone to the rehearsal. Since, since that happens, mm-hmm. you start learning who doesn't do any work. Right. And I just go like, yeah, I know I don't have to know anything. And everyone's going to be winging it on the gig. Yeah. So I'm just going to wing it on the gig. Right. Because even if I know it, it's still going to sound like everyone's winging it. So, right. So, but you kind of, I always go through things where I just go like, yeah, I think I, I just want to stop playing with the people that don't, well, don't and, but, do it unless you're just trying to make some a little bit of money but that's what ended up happening at manis was you know there would be a ensemble of people that worked together right because they were like oh well you know like it's okay like you you might not be have the best voice but you know you're good and i'm not gonna have to babysit you so let's work together as often as we can yeah you know um so i learned something pretty cool uh on monday about pokemon no (laughs) yeah i play pokemon no about the uh during the gig i learned that there is a sub genre of music oh yeah called shit rock that i had no idea existed before yeah and we found out that i guess the list of bands and shit rock is i know foreigner is one of them bachman turner overdrive is another one Yep, Bachman Turner, Overdrive, uh, Jefferson Starship. Mm, were they on that list? So, what was what constitutes? We don't. What know. are the parameters? That we there's just a, there's a guy who knows the answer to who fits into the category. Okay. And that's all we know. So we were kind of trying to base it on who. So he's got to like, be. It's got to be American author- bands, though. They were saying. We think so. That's okay. what we were. There is an authority figure to this genre. Okay. We haven't met him, but uh, the guitar player knows him. Okay. But so, he said that uh, "Give Me Two Steps" from Skinnerd. Yeah, that is, is, is a, that's shit a shit rock. rock. But usually that band is not does not fit in that genre. Right. And same with uh, American Woman. Yeah, Who's yeah, yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Who's uh, I forget. But that band. That is a shit that falls into the shit rock genre, but so I have a suggestion, mm-hmm. right? So I'm gonna say the email address, okay? And my suggestion is the listeners uh-huh. send in bands or songs that they think would fit into shit, shit rock. rock, yeah. And from what I understand, like one of the parameters, it is, it, and it, it doesn't, doesn't mean have you... to be a band from the '70s, and but the band has to be active in the '70s. We think, we think, yeah. This and this is the other thing is, it doesn't mean they're not good or you don't like them. Right, exactly. Like it's they just could be. A, it's a category just like heavy metal, right? Shit rock, and then there's like pop rock, or, right? Yeah. Like I look at it as. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure rock song, like right. American Woman. Isn't isn't an amazing song? Uh-huh. Like you don't listen to it and be like, "Wow, this is." I don't even listen. Well, to it. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. right. I'm giving an example. I know, I know. Okay, but it's like I don't listen to it and say, "Oh, wow, this is a really well crafted song." Uh huh. But it's a decent song. Like I can listen to it and still enjoy it. Right, right, you know? right. I don't turn it off from the radio, but I might not go buy it. 
See, the thing that was bothering us is that Forner fell into it, and we all liked Forner. Right. So, like, we were all like, but wait, I like this song. then Journey didn't fall into Journey it. Didn't, Journey is not part of shit rock, and either is Boston is not. Right. But and Kansas. Kansas might be. Might we have be. to question that. So, th- there is a, there's like the guru right. of this category. So, who, here, here's my suggestion. We may meet him one day. Yeah. Here's my suggestion. Uh-huh. I'm going to give out the email address. Yeah. People send in their suggestions for what constitutes as shit rock or if they have any que- if they want to know if a band falls into it we right. will set, we will come back with the answer right and maybe we can have him and read uh-huh. the, you know put together a list and he could he could tell us what is shit rock and why yeah so if you have any questions about um, what shit constitutes <laughs> shit rock um, please send your questions to Metal in me podcast at gmail.com. Not the metal in me. Not the metal in me. Okay. Metal it's in me. metal in me podcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting because I, you know, I, I started automatically going through kind of like the musical Rolodex in my head mm-hmm. to figure out what bands I thought would be shit rock. We were thinking Ario Speedwagon was a definite, and we thought that was almost like the ultimate one, yeah. but. That was not on his list, but we did not get the answer back before we left last night. So oh, okay. I don't know if that fit in. Uh, so me and Alex were very excited that, I guess you could hear from the last podcast, Jim was talking about the letter we got from a guy because he was talking about that he listens to the podcast and he was referring to a lot of things we did. But Jim skipped over all the <laughs> all the stuff that we did. All the stuff about like the movies that we liked. He was kind of making comments on all the references we made right. in, in the movies. And we were really excited because we were like, oh, maybe we think there are a lot of people out there like us right. that watch these type of movies. Or like we're in the same, you know, I guess the same age as us. It would be like 80s and right. into those things. And there, and, it, and it would be a subgenre of shit movies. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think uh, so. We were saying like, oh, I bet you a lot of people. There is a lot of people, but there is no show that you could listen to where people are talking about Big Trouble in Little China right. or Cobra, or I guess I was saying Moving Violations. You just gave me the two. Yeah, Rocket Man and Army of Darkness. Yeah. So when I was in high school, um, I'd wanted to be a movie director, <laughs> and one of my best friends worked at the video store right in that strip mall where we both worked mm-hmm. and i would go and he would like rent me movies for free uh-huh. and i really didn't have many friends uh-huh. so i watched a lot of movies so for me it was like i would find something that i liked yeah and then i would watch kind of like what you did with if you liked a guitarist right right you would find everything that the guitarist ever did right. and absorb it. Mm-hmm. So I did that with movies. Right. So for me, it was like, if I watched Big Trouble in Little China, I would find out, oh, it's Kurt Russell. So right. now I'm going to watch every Kurt Russell movie. Yeah. Or, oh, it's John Carpenter directed it. I'm right. going to watch every John Carpenter You know what's movie. weird is that that is something I didn't do. Like I, For some reason, I watched a movie and never thought about... I like the actor in this movie, mm. or I even—I never even considered that someone directed movies. Right. I just watched it and was like, I could like that movie, but never thought to go watch something else with Kurt Russell. I, I just never thought about See, directing. I find that weird because I think like 
and we've had this conversation about like Mutt Lang. Right. Like Mutt Lang isn't a band member. Right. You know, he's yeah. a producer. Yep. And though you know most, and I'm sure you like a lot of the things that he's produced mm-hmm. because he's such a good producer. Right. I look at that the same way as I would look at a director. Yeah. You know? It's but I don't I can't see movies the way that I say music. I don't know why. Like I don't know when people talk about oh the storyline doesn't develop or the the character they didn't spend enough time developing the characters. They didn't do like I just go I either made it well, that might be why you bombed that English class we were in together. <laughs> yeah, well, but I just kind of go, I either made it through the movie or didn't. Right. In that base, if I finished the movie, right. I go, I guess I enjoyed it because I didn't walk out. But if I put it on again, then I kind of go, I guess that means I liked it. Yeah. There's certain, but I never, I don't think, I don't analyze it the way I do music. I right. kind of just go, it's almost like if I went to someone's house, I would either be like, I either want to leave or that, I want to stay there. Right. And that's that's fine. Like, I think, like, you probably look to music the way I look right. to movies. Mm-hmm. And it's because I kind of, like, aspired. Like, I loved comic books. I loved reading. I, right. wanted, to, I wanted to write. Yeah. So, you know, for me, like, I wanted to make movies, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, you know, I kind of looked at it a little deeper right. than, you know... You would have because you're not interested in in how that works. It's funny that I almost I almost judge people who talk about the writer and the actor and the all that stuff. I almost judge them as oh, they're just trying to drop names. But when it comes to music, I'll be the guy going, right. "Oh, Mutt Lang did that." Oh, yeah. But I'm not trying to. Well, that was like when you were telling me you were going to the Shania Twain concert. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh. I was like, well, that's kind of gay. And you're like, no, it isn't. Mutt Lang produced well, that's, that's some what of her I, albums. Because it, it, it's a horrible thing to say until you go like, no, the same guy who produced Def Leppard produced that, so <laughs> therefore it's kind of cool. It's got to be good. But I still, even even before I knew yeah. he did it, I that's, this is what made me realize that I liked him, is that I heard Shania Twain songs, and I was like, I like this. Right. And then I found out, I was, and I kept going like, it sounds a little like things that I listened to. And then I realized <laughs> he produced it, and I was like, that's what made me realize. I didn't think I realized what producers do until right. then, until I was like, that's why it reminds me of yeah, yeah, yeah. Def Leppard and yeah. ACDC and stuff like that. Well, speaking about Def Leppard, um, I love Mystery Science Theater. Have, have you ever watched? You watch Mystery yeah, Science yeah, Theater. Yeah, I've seen, I saw it live. Yeah, we saw it live yeah. th- together. And so uh, there's one Earth versus the spider uh-huh. right there's this giant irradiated spider living in this cage and he's terrorizing this town right so these two high school kids like a boy and a girl go in to the cave uh-huh. and the townspeople don't know that they're in there so they blow up the entrance to the cave uh-huh. to kind of bury so now they're the stuck spider, in there right mm-hmm. so there's this huge explosion a big cave in and the best line of the whole thing is there's this pile of rubber, rub, rubble, and the kid's arm is sticking out of it. Uh-huh. And I think uh, Crow or Tom Servo was like, hey, doesn't that belong to the guy from Def Leppard? <laughs> <laughs> so, <they're... laughs> I remember one. I remember one. And this is like what made me like that show. Right. Is that. It's 
the things are so stupid and subtle. I remember I even when I would like show people it, they would just be like, I don't even understand why that's funny. But right. there was one such like tough guy. He had like spiked hair and he's driving down the street and he had the mute that he had his music playing so loud and <laughs> he's driving down the street and one of the alien guys goes. Why doesn't he put the speakers on the inside of his car? <laughs> and then there is one. There is one with Tia Carrera <laughs> and a guy walking through a dark parking lot. And he says something like, and she goes, it sure is dark. And here he goes, a little too dark. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, it sure is scary. And here he goes, a little too scary. <laughs> And then she goes, sure is a lot of cars in here. And the alien goes, a little too a lot of cars in here. (laughs) So we can't bring up Mystery Science Theater without bringing up our longest running joke. uh, So when we were in high school, we were big uh, Mystery Science Theater fans. And so me, you, and our friend Wayne (laughs) Mm -hmm. decided to take a video camera and film us watching the movie Shaft. Uh Right? Because we thought we were going to be as funny as the show. Not realizing that they write their material. Right, right? and not realizing that we were going to be funnier than their (laughs) show. Way funnier. I've been making fun of Mike for this for the past, like, 25 years. How old were we? Let me just... We we had to be 16, 17. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It had to be 16. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think we had driver's license yet. Yeah. And uh, one of the lines, one of the guys like, oh, are you getting wise with me? And Mike is like, speaking of potato chips. <laughs> no, and it got, I said speaking of potato chips, and it got silent. It was like the record stopped. Yeah. And then all we did was <laughs> rip on me for the rest of the movie. The movie just played, and then I got ripped on for like 20 <laughs> minutes. And that line has lived Lived with us, yeah. Lived with us forever, and it means like now that line has meaning when you when somebody says something stupid uh-huh. that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's speaking of potatoes. Yeah, things. and it's like when you you said the line on this that you asked me to delete because yes. it was so bad. We've we've had a podcast episodes where people call me after and go like, "Can you delete the line I said this because it's so <laughs> stupid?" And I of course, I of course delete a lot of what I say because I think I sound stupid. Just like if I laugh stupid, I kind of go like, you know, I'll delete. I yeah. ruined someone's joke. There's no laughs because I didn't like how my laugh sounded. So we just got a text from Jim. Jim has shows. Yeah. So he's not. He's not. No, he's not. Go, yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> I forgot I have a show too. He, he he flew somewhere and forgot that he has a show. There. Hmm. Well, now it's just me and you. Oh yeah. Well, what are what are some of the other movies that that you put in that time? Like like I would say like Breakfast Club I consider one of those, but that was a very popular movie. Yeah. Like okay, so I think like like Breakfast Club Sixteen Candles. Right. Pretty in uh, Pink. Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. St. Elmo's Fire. Right. They're all in their own. Yeah. Like, uh, say Anything. Right. Because Say Anything was kind of like everybody in watched the middle. Those. Everyone watched Yeah. Those. those were those were pretty pretty common. Um. For me, like coming out of the eighties, definitely any of those like really cheesy action movies. Yeah. Commando, Commando, uh, Predator. Yeah, you know, you know, I had just 
remembered this. We're since we're talking about that. Um, since we're talking about Big Trouble in Little China, right? Uh, have you ever seen the TV show Sledgehammer? I don't know if I have, but I might have because I'm thinking of MacGyver in a way or something. It, like no, that. no, no. Episodes are on YouTube. It is hysterical. Okay. But you you don't know if it's trying that hard to be hysterical. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like um, Big Trouble in Little China, uh-huh. where it's. I think it's funnier than the director intended it to be. <laughs> you know. Yeah. They were going for some humor, but I think we think it's way funnier yeah. than they mean it. To See, be. I think at that time they were trying to. They were saying things that they thought people were going to think is cool when they said like they're funny, like. They had their taglines yeah, after yeah. something. They really did. We're just like, like oh, okay, motherfucker. Yeah. I think they were trying to con- like make someone who's inspiring to right. kids or like a, a guy you want to be a man's man or yeah. something like that. Well, it worked for me because I said that yippee okay line for like the next 15 yeah. years. I know. Well, it worked for me too at the time, and then when now they don't do that. Well, I guess they do. When they do it now, everyone rolls their eyes, right? You know. But back then, it was like, that's what I meant. Is like, did we just think it was cool, but adults thought it was? Did adults think that those movies were really cheesy and stupid, and only kids liked it? But I'll tell you, like, even I think it came out around that time period as well. um, Monster Squad. Yeah. Do you remember seeing Monster Squad? uh -uh. It's good. It's about this uh, group of young kids, like middle school aged, uh-huh. and their town is invaded by all of these like um, Hollywood monsters, like Dracula, Frankenstein, uh-huh. the Mummy, Wolfman, and that's one of those that gives you so many good lines. Would Stand by Me? Stand by Me was too good. Yeah, but that, I think that was a little too well done. And what about do you know Super Fuzz? Oh my god. That super, is super. Okay, with Ernest Borgnine. I don't know who any again. I don't right. know who anyone is, but I used to watch that every he time was, it was on. He was the guy who was he was a cop on uh he was a cop and some accident happened to give him superpowers, but the powers went away whenever he saw the color red. Right. That's it. Yeah. One of the best movies ever. But every and every that time that is that is a total shit movie. Yeah, whenever he did something with superpowers, you would hear them go super super super. Yeah, there yeah. Was, I remember the one time he was stirring his oatmeal in his kitchen, and the phone rang, and he walked over to his phone, and, <laughs> and the oatmeal the spoon still kept stirring, stirring the oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> me and me and my friend Jason, Jason Lachlan, we always yeah. talk about that movie. You could you could get the clips of that on uh, yeah. YouTube. Uh, there's no, there's another good one. <clears throat> Is it Midnight Madness? Oh my God! With the scavenger with, hunt. Yeah, with Michael J. Fox yeah, in it. Love it. And uh, and Paul Rubens. Yeah, that, it's funny because that's. Did that's we talk about this movie. already? No. I was just gonna. That's the one I was gonna bring up. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Because me and Eric talked about it. Yeah. Uh, the other uh, like a week ago, that had like, I loved that movie because it was like all the different groups met. They met at someone's house, right? And yeah. they said, oh, is this like this brainy guy was just like, this is the adventure. Like, tells them about their adventure they're going to have. And yeah. then they have to go around town finding one clue to the next clue to the next clue. And there's like the group of uh, nerds. Right, right, right. Who is that? 
it's the one guy who's always he always plays nerds in movies. Uh, he, he's like a nerd in Eugene, I think, in Grease Two. I don't remember Grease Two as well as you. Really? Do. I know that's a, I know everything about Grease Two. Yeah, I know. I've watched it a million times. I actually I think Grease Two is better than Grease One. <laughs> like I think it really. I would. If I, don't I put know on, that much about Grease One. If if I if you put on Grease, uh, every scene with John Travolta in Grease is really he's great. Like he's amazing because he's <laughs> such. You would love everything he does. But in Grease Two, they. they tried to like they clearly did not have was john travolta in greece too no there was nobody was... in it was uh michelle pfeiffer was got oh so they were just trying to like market yeah the oh, yeah, yeah, success yeah. of greece one there might Even have been one, one of the stars wanted to come back one girl like frenchie or i don't remember yeah, yeah. who it is one of the girls went to it but yeah i know all the songs in that movie i love them yeah me and joe have played some of them live yeah i know but yeah, Midnight Madness is great. It's kind of like a kid version of Cannonball Run. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's again, I don't know Cannonball Run. I You've don't know. I've never seen Cannonball Run. I don't Run. know Cannonball Run, and I don't know what's the, oh. one with the go- what's the one with the gopher, Chevy Chase. And- oh my God, Caddyshack. I haven't seen. I- that's definitely like, that's a another genre I know. of like 80s buddy comedies. That's. And like stripes, oh, I remember those movies are so good. I didn't get those when I was younger. Really? Yeah, I didn't get them. It's like I was watching kid movies when I remember like my dad was watching those. Yeah, I was watching man movies. Yeah, I was watching like the Smurfs and stuff Ugh. like that. But yeah, for some reason I didn't get them. I watched those, but I got into like First Blood. I loved First Blood. Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one for me seemed like I was like, oh, that's a that's a movie. Like, so you didn't you didn't see that, and then all of a sudden be like, oh, this is Sylvester Stabone, <laughs> <laughs> Boner's dad. Yeah, let me IMDb Sylvester Stabone uh-uh. and see what other movies he's. I knew he. I knew Rocky before I saw. Right. I knew uh, Rocky three before I saw First Blood. That was a great movie. Rocky three. Yeah. yeah. I actually liked my favorite. Was over the top. Yeah, he met the the guy mentions over the top. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the guy yeah, who wrote yeah, us the guy the who wrote us the yeah. letter. Yeah, that's the best movie because that taught me you can do anything you want as long as you turn your hat backwards. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like anything, no matter how daunting and hard right. things are in life, if you turn your hat backwards, like walk on water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, the thing is, like, I I don't think I was a, f- a big Sylvester Stallone fan. Right. Or, but I just, I liked, know what I liked? I liked any movie where the underdog overcomes the, yeah. Uh, like, I, I loved Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. I thought Karate, Karate Kid was, like, amazing. I used to just watch the end all yeah. the time. Yeah. And the Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears is great. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Tanner and Lupus. My favorite was definitely Tanner. Yeah. We always make, when you miss the ball, we call that a Lupus. <laughs> <laughs> I liked, I liked when, which was the one, the, the second one was when they played in the Astrodome, right? Yeah, that was the second one. Yeah, I liked, I, that was my, play. yeah, that was my favorite. Really? Yeah, yeah, I liked that one. And then the third one was when I they played in Japan. Oh my God. No, uh, maybe 
or maybe two. They one was played. let them. I don't know which one was let them play. Maybe that 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 was, that was when that was the Astrodome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love. And the then first Tanner one. kept running around and like throwing the bases and right. throwing a fit. I really yeah, yeah. like that one. Really? You know? Yeah. So this week we're going. We're playing in Cleveland at Roverfest. And that's Saturday, that's right? That's Saturday. And then we do our last Knitting Factory next Monday, which is the 1st, August 1st. And I think Gabe is playing on that, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah we had I think the little... so. So go ahead. You want to... We had a little a kid that Alex knows. He's a big fan of like metal guitar, and he plays guitar, so he came up on stage with us at the end of last night and played Living After Midnight. At first, he told us he wanted to play Electric Eye, and then we listened to him. And we're like, "This is way too much. This is just too much. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, too to do hard it such for a short us. time. Yeah, it's too too hard for us to learn." So we did Living After Midnight. He came up and he was awesome. Yeah, he ripped it. Yeah, and like he, really ripped it. And then I asked, like even the solo. Yeah, I asked him. I was like, "Do you know the solo?" And he goes, "Yeah, I know the solo." And I was like, "Good," because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I didn't learn it. But, yeah, so he'll come up again. Or, and maybe even, I think Chris was saying Philly. Yeah, I think he's going to come to Philly. And do that yeah. festival with us. Yeah. But, so we'll yeah. do that. I don't even know how long we do at Rover Fest. But I, that's, to me, like, that's a great underdog story. Because you know, like, he he's obsessed with 80s metal. And yeah. He's 13 years old. That is. And you know that he's lucky if there's one other kid in school that's into that. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And, like, we've all been there. Like, we've all, like... Like, I think that's one of the things that kind of defines who we are right. is because we've been in middle school. Right. And being the, like, for me, I was the only one in middle school who watched Doctor Who. Right. And, and I was, Monty Python. I was the only one in middle school who listened to Dokken. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, well, you're more similar to him than, you know. Yeah. But it's, but, you know, I, I always love to kind of, like, get that kid his day. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you GEICO has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while GEICO could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, GEICO has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Well, this is fun. Yeah, good hang. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know that we'll be able to do next week's either. It might be late, but again, we play all weekend. We travel Sunday. But again, we play the Knitting Factory on Monday, which is usually when we put the uh, podcast out. So, I don't know, maybe it'll be Tuesday again. But we're back on schedule in August. After that, yeah. August, we'll be back on schedule to doing... Monday nights with and that's the whole, with the whole gang. crew. Yeah, the whole gang will be in here. So uh, you've got Cleveland's Roverfest on Saturday. Yep. You've got the Knitting Factory on Monday. Right. Uh, doors open at 7 in Brooklyn. Yep. So come on down to that. And then it, we, have a, we have a bunch of things in September. Right. Or the end of August. Yeah. But I don't, I don't have those dates. And if you want to reach out to us... Uh, you can email us at metalinmepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at The Metal In Me and also on Twitter at at 
Hold on, let me check the Twitter. It's at the metal in me. Okay, so it's that's the Twitter. Yeah, at the metal in me. Facebook, find us, like us, the metal in me, and email metal in me podcast at gmail.com. Cool. Yo. I got some uh, information about shit rock. Really? Yes. Uh, let me find it. I got a text from Brian. I had some questions. Brian. I... Brian is the is the fill-in guitarist. Yes. Gotcha. I I wrote him to ask him if Big Star was shit rock because I think of them as having a little bit of country in them, and they are from that. The correct time period that what we were right. thinking of, but almost like a almost like a southern rock. They're uh, yeah, I really like them, but I just thought that they might have fit into the category. So he wrote back hard no about that. He said no, not even close. And then he gave us some uh, information on it. It says shit rock in essence existed mainly from seventy through roughly the early eighties. It had elements of the early hard rock and metal pioneers, like uh, Sabbath and Zeppelin, but never as extreme in the heaviness or experimental nature. So, and more often than not, it took cues from Southern rock. So that's where I'm hearing the Southern rock, like Allman Brothers or Skinner, but never fully committing there either. So that's why I was thinking Big Star, because it's not fully committing to it, but it has elements of like. Country-ish things, I guess. So does he give any sort of parameters or examples? No, this is the other thing uh, we got from him. His name is Jeff. Okay. He wrote, and this is, maybe he's kind of given us little clues without telling us exact, so maybe it's more of a game to him. More like, almost like Midnight Madness. Maybe we have to go through the clues <laughs> to figure out, you know, what really makes it shit rock. He said, if you put a song in between Mississippi Queen by Mountain and Hair of the Dog, okay. and Hair of the Dog by Nazareth on a mixtape. How, how does Hair of the Dog go? I don't know that one. I'll have to put it on. Okay. We'll have to listen to it. If you put it between those two songs and it doesn't sound out of place, it's probably shit rock. <laughs> And some bands were sometimes shit rock, but not always. If Tommy Shaw sang a stick song, it prob it, it is probably shit rock. If Dennis DeYoung right. sang sang it, then it was soft prog. Can- right. And Kansas bounced between those as well, which is kind of good because I was wonder we were wondering about Kansas. Right. Also, seemed to be a distinctly American thing, with the glaring exception being the Scorpions. I wouldn't completely mm. argue against Deep Purple or Early White Snake either. So the Scorpions, I guess, fit into it and Deep Purple or Early White okay. Snake. So that is putting like Deep Purple and Foreigner. So that gives me like an idea of what the sound is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking Deep Purple to me might, I don't, again, maybe I don't know them too much, but they are a little heavier than, uh, right. that is what he said though, not fully committing. Not fully committing to the heaviness, and early White Snake is definitely heavier and more bluesier than 
what I know of like the 80s stuff. Right. But and that gives so us that, it gives us something to work with. It does. Uh, and it gives the listeners at home an idea. Yeah. So my question that I yeah. had is if there were a modern shiprock category would pour some Nickelback. Sh- would pour some sugar on me from Def Leppard fit into it. Yeah. Because it's not like pour some sugar is they're definitely moving away from the uh the 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 metal. Yeah, like the hard yeah. yeah. But yeah, again, like what makes not, it modern like, not very hard punk. But it's kind of like it's kind of like in that same area as like girls, girls, girls by Motley Crue. Right. I wonder if that's modern shit rock. Yeah. Huh. Or is it like I I would think modern shit rock would be bands like Creed <laughs> or <laughs> or Nickelback. Huh. There might be they may be a little too song oriented and not enough jammy. I don't know. So we have to we should ask him if yeah. he can create a modern category for this, like right. a subgenre of ship rock. <laughs> so I did some internet investigation, and I know where Jim is. Where? He's he's doing a American Cable Association convention in Florida. What does that mean? I guess they, I guess they hired him to do a. Uh, I guess it's like a corporate event. Oh, they're doing it's. It's like a. It's a. It's a. Um, it's a cable convention for all these cable companies. Oh yeah. And he's doing like a you know evening dinner um, show. Oh. And it's in Orlando. Yeah, so and that's you why. Know he, who else is? He was saying you know he was who else going. Is doing it? Who? Daryl Strawberry. Oh. How do you know this? So he could definitely, so he could hop. Did you look on his Facebook page or something? No. All right. So I saw, I I, I looked on his Twitter and it said, uh, like this hashtag came up, TIF16. So I researched what that was and it brought me to the uh, page of this convention. Yeah. And I looked through the agenda of the days and found that he was doing a, uh, uh, like a dinner show. Yeah. And then I also saw there's a um, a speaker, like a conference speaker is Daryl Strawberry and his wife talking about Christians in in uh, cable. Oh, wow. No, what's funny yeah. is that you did all this research and we could have just asked him if he would have called us yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, but it wouldn't have killed as much time for me. <laughs> right, because you were bored today. Right, and make me feel like I'm, you know, some sort of hacker. Right. <laughs> All right, well, we yeah. got some gym updates. We got um, some uh, that that genre of music. Maybe this guy will yeah. show up next week to the a gig and we can find out more about it. All right, I'm going to go and send this okay. in now. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.
now. Insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you.